here we go. <laughs> I thought there was going to be music coming behind that. I apologize. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Top Ten Movie Villains, uh, a show we should have done last week, but I was unfortunately sick. But I'm feeling much better. And I have two awesome people with me, Isaac and Tatum. Why don't you guys say hi? How are you guys doing this evening? What's up, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited about this episode. I think that villains are like... A really, excuse me, a really neat thing that we can explore. And I think villains can strike us in many different ways. And I feel like this is going to be a neat discussion to talk about why we like the bad guys. Uh, I, I'm right there with you, man. I totally agree. Tatum, how are you this evening? Hello, hello. I am doing all right. Super excited. I think this is going to be a really, really cool discussion, especially because we're going to be pulling from all sorts of genres, and I'm really excited about it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And just so everybody is clear, we, um, we've decided because we, we talk to each other throughout the week and we, we discuss what we're going to talk about because we're geeks and that's what we do. And we decided to open it up to um, all genres, including animated films, you know, any, any character – who's just villainous and just gets under your skin or someone you, you love secretly or you hate secretly or love to hate secretly or what have you, spooky. If you make a good argument for it, it can make this list. That's what's so great about this discussion. It's a ever-flowing artistic list, and we always have great discussions. And I hope that it sparks great discussion, discussions with everybody who listens. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ladies first on this one. Tatum, you got number 10, so hit us with it. Okay, so number 10, um, I think my pick is going to go to uh, the Black Widow from uh, the Addams Family Values. Um, her name's Debbie. She, I don't know, if you've seen the movie, you remember her. She's the woman that comes in, and she's trying to uh, marry Uncle Fletcher. For and because she thinks she's trying Fester. to get the she's trying to get them. Oh, Fester! I said Fletcher. Fester. Uncle Fester. That, I'm sorry, but that was hilarious. Uncle Fletcher. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to break it. I, I'm, I had I, I broke it. I broke the rule. I unmuted, but Uncle Fletcher just. I'm so glad Isaac said something. I was laughing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. That was that was funny. No, it's okay. Um, so he's she's trying to marry Uncle Fester. And she's trying to get the money because she think because he's the eldest and she's she's I don't know something about her is so she's so irritating and so awful and so like the way she she just talks and it's very snooty and awful and the way she treats the kids she's just this monster and she kills her husband she she's a you know basic black widow she kills her husband takes her money and first of all I love that like I know it's it's done a lot. But I love it because it's so real. It's such a real thing that happens. Like, real women do this kind of thing. And people actually die over this kind of thing. And I like that. I like talking about that kind of thing because I love and hate. Um, I, lo- I love and hate uh, women who go after men for money. Um, sometimes I think if it's, if it's done healthy and right, it's really cool. But the way she did it, obviously, 
you know, killing men for their money, I think is fucking creepy and crazy. And she's also just really, she's so villain-like. She's just so unlikable. Everything she does, you just want to hate her. You just want to, uh. And so I think that's what makes her such a good villain. And it's, and that, and also the, the film itself is really good. I love uh, both the Adam Family movies. They're amazing. The writing is amazing. The acting is amazing. And I think she's a phenomenal actor. Um, I can't remember her name. I think it's Joan something. Give me a second. Joan Cusack? Uh, yeah. And I love her. I've seen her in a lot of things. She's so she's such a great actress. And I think she played the role really, really well. And she really made you hate her. So that's my number 10 pick. Um, that's interesting. I love how you, you guys are such outside the box film thinkers. Cause I didn't even think about her, but I remember like, that's a part of my childhood, that film. I love it. And you're right. She is such a F and B, you know what I mean? Like to the extreme and, and, and played such a, and played such a, you know, you just hate her every moment she's in the screen. You could, you could just cringe and just flashing back to the scenes that she's in. And, and, and when Wednesday gets her revenge, you know, you kind of go, hell yeah. You know, it's, you're right. It's a very underrated villain played by a really great actress. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, why not? Isaac, do you have anything you want to say? How do you feel about that? I absolutely love it. I think she should absolutely be on the number 10 list. I think that as a villain, she's a little under, I think that she's a little underdone, but it's an Adams family. It was an Adams family movie. And it was older as well. So I don't exactly expect a lot out of it. And I didn't exactly expect to be like this big villain. It didn't need to be. And I, I loved her. She was incredibly insufferable. I actually hated just about every second she was on screen. Um, she was, like, like Tatum said, she was made and created to be very unlikable. And I think they really got that point across. Um, in her, in her, the way that she went about things and the way that she tried to scam Fester. Cause it was, it, it almost felt tiring. It almost felt tiring because the whole first film before this was an entire film about essentially taking advantage of Fester. And then this movie pops up and it's taking advantage of Fester, but in another way. And I thought that was a really interesting parallel or not a parallel, but just a follow. I, I it, it kind of makes me sad that, you know, they're just picking on Fester in most of these Adams family films, but still I do like her. She's evil and very unlikable and uh, definitely deserves that top 10 spot right there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think we're all in agreement. She's very underrated and it makes me want to go back and watch that movie. <laughs> So I, oh, yeah. I think it's a great pick, and we're such a unique set of, of film film fans. I think that something like this should definitely be on one of our top ten lists. So I say, Absolutely. yeah. Put her down. Number ten, Black Widow, Adam's Family, Values, right? It was Values, not the first one, yeah. the second one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I had it right. So cool. All yeah. right. Awesome. This is coming together pretty good. Uh, villains are so such, I don't know, me personally, guys. Sometimes I, I catch myself kind of, especially if Daniel Day-Lewis is playing the bad guy, I kind of find the human in it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But there's, yeah. I digress. All right. Isaac, number nine, man. What do you got for us? All right. 
I know some people would rate this villain higher, but on my list of villains, he's actually kind of at the bottom. I, it sounds weird because I love him, but I know I want to put him here at number nine. I'm going to go with uh, Hades from Disney's Hercules. Uh, I feel like Hades is a number nine because I'm going to be totally honest with everybody here. I have a ridiculous bias towards Disney. I, 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 am, I am not a big fan of them. Um, I have complicated reasons for why I'm not as into doing yeah. everyone else. But um, I think that in lieu of all the Disney villains that could have ever been out, uh, Hades is, is definitely one of the most enjoyable. I, I find myself that every time I watch Hercules, I'm mostly watching it for either Megara or I'm watching it for Hades. And the thing I love about Hades is that he flips his lid. And it's kind of, I think that that's really telling of, like, how he's been portrayed since, you know, the beginning of ever. And it's like, I like that they gave this, they gave him a new personality. I didn't expect the king of the underworld to be this sassy, sarcastic, childish, almost, uh, almost jester-like um, of, a, of a god. And uh, the way that he just goes about the film essentially not giving a damn about anybody's feelings except his own, and he's able to convey that he doesn't care about other people <laughs> in really hilarious ways, um, including, including and not limited to bodily harm and emotional manipulation. Uh, I, I love that about him. I think he made a pretty decent Disney villain because as far as Disney villains go, he was about the only one I can really find that was actively trying to murder people. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, mean, I, I just, I loved that. It was a, it kind of flew over my head as a kid that the whole movie, he's just trying to kill a baby. The whole film. That's the whole movie. So, yeah, I'm going to put number, I'm going to put Hades up there, number nine. I, I, I do like him, but I have better villains. So. <laughs> um, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I, James Woods, I believe, was Hades. If, that, if I'm, a, if I'm yes, correct, was. is that right? And, yeah, you know, another... It, it takes another creative... or a, 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 I think we're going to have a good mantra of talented people playing these villains that we're picking throughout the night. But you're right. Oh, yeah. Um is he on my list personally? I, I I don't know. And if you're going to throw out Disney, I think you're right. Back in those days, that was a pretty badass Disney villain. But now with the blanket of Marvel and Disney mixed together, I mean, I would say that Thanos was blatantly going out trying to kill half of man, you know, half of life in the universe. Kind of trumps well a little bit what Hades was doing, but you're you're you know nevertheless you're exactly right for the tone and for the what it was doing back in you know our childhood and uh, back in the day, yeah, it was, he was a pretty unique, interesting kind of, you know, in in a way, uh, I, with that sarcasticness of it, you're right. I kind of, I agree with you. I believe, you know, yeah, sure, put him on the list. Tatum, how do you feel about uh, Hades, James Woods? Um. Okay, so I actually totally agree with this. I adore that movie. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, and I adore Hades. I love the way that he's played. I love the sassy, like like Isaac was saying, you know, he's so sassy and sarcastic, and he's got this, like, fucking attitude that is just, it's 
lovable. He's such a lovable villain. Like, and also, like, I like, it's, it's a classic story, too. And so it's a story that already, like, it already had written motive and stuff like that. And so, and I like the way that his motive, like, the way they portrayed his motive was, it made it really dire to him what he was doing <laughs> because it was his, it was his life over, the, uh, over Hercules' life. And I liked the way that they portrayed it. And um, I thought it was really fun and whimsical, but it was also really fucking serious. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's sneaking in that adult theme shit inside their film. So, you know, I, I, I say, I say, yay. I think we're all in agreement for putting, uh, Hades at number number nine, right? Hades <laughs> at number nine. All right, that sounds all right. And that was both Hercules, right? I just double checking. Hercules, <clears throat> Disney. Right. Um, I think James Woods actually sang it in that too, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, he did. Um, I actually believe kind of cool he see. kept um, he kept doing yeah, it up ahead. until like he went. I think he actually went through the television show. I think he actually played Hades in the in the in the the. I think it was like four seasons, maybe maybe even that. But it was basically like a different canon of the same movie. Um, but I think he was still acting in that one too. So he played Hades for a while. Oh, that's me. I didn't he know also, that. I didn't know he was actual. He was also in the. Um, he also did voice Hades in Kingdom Hearts as well. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. the, the game. Okay. Yeah. All right. I did not know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 Okay. So, quick I recap, guys. <laughs> Um, number 10, we have the Black Widow from Adam's Family Values. And number 9, we have Hades from Her- Disney's Hercules animated short film. And that puts me, I guess, at number 8, right? Uh, yes, it does. Guys, I'm, I'm still I'm stressing out, man, because I got some... I, I just don't know how to, like, really narrow it down. Like, I really I have, a, like, a lot I can say about this guy, a lot I can say about that guy, and um, I'm expecting a little bit of list, you know, shuffling going on, but um, I'm going to stick with something kind of personal. I'm going to go with uh, the Terminator, 1984. Um, I just, I, I think um, it, that film, it, it's a cross genre for me, which is really cool. I think it's sci-fi, but it's also horror. I, I look at that film as a straight-up horror film with a sci-fi element to it. Um, I don't know if anybody else saw it like that, but I just think the casting of Arnold to play that uh, that part and what James Cameron did with you know the optical and special effects to create this really cool um, universe mixed with a great soundtrack, but you just have this unstoppable thing you just can't kill. It's dire from Jump Street. The guy from the future is worried about whether or not you can kill it. it, it you know, it's not a living thing. It's not a construct. It's a machine. It's just, it spooked me. It's, it's, it's terrifying. And, and to this day, that concept still resonates or there wouldn't be so many damn Terminator films. But for me, um, 
I wasn't really, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the slasher genre, uh, so to speak. Not, not that I can't appreciate the film, don't get me wrong. I just didn't, those things didn't really scare me. Those kind of monsters that I, that didn't keep me up at night. I, I see why other people are, are afraid of them. But for me, um, not just as a child, but it influenced me with creating antagonists and protagonists and, a, and creating a, a somber or um, just a look and feel of a character who's just menacing and dominating and pretty much indestructible. And throughout the whole film, I find myself wondering, you know, what if this happened and it could possibly happen just as another element to how scary it really is. And I think the acting performance of Arnold um, is is phenomenal. Doing a lot without saying a lot is very, very hard to do in filmmaking. And I think James Cameron uh, nailed it out of the park. So for me, I can go on, guys, but I'm not going to. But so I'm going to say the 1984 Terminator definitely deserves to be on this list. I'm going to go to Tatum and tell me what what do you think? Um. So actually, you know what? I I am going to agree with you on this one. Um, I do. I really like the Terminator. I really think. I think he's, it, it's kind of a classic villain. Um, but I think he should be on this list. Um, I do. I just saw some part of me is kind of like it's. He's not. He's not a like typical villain. You know what I'm saying? And I still I love the movie and I I loved the the concept and the portrayal and so I do think he should be on this list. I just I don't know. He doesn't seem. He, I don't know if I classify him as a villain. Sometimes is kind of my only issue. That's interesting. How could you not think of, unless you're thinking of like a reprogrammed Terminator? I don't know how else you could really think of it as not as not a villain when its only purpose is to kill humans. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, I I guess you know I'm an unconventional guy, and I kind of maybe I look at movies a little bit differently than most. But I really just think, um, um, especially compiling this list. Uh, and just think about just great movie villains, just um, not through decades or just kind of just for screen sake, you know what I mean? Maybe he's not like, you know, the the most articulate kind of movie villain where we can get cerebral with us, you know what I mean? Or he's not necessarily like a chunk of humanity, you know, like the good, the bad, the yin, the yang. It is more of just destructive and, and killing. It's just fear-based kind of a villain for me. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're right. Yeah. It, it, not a, it's not the typical villain, but I, I, I really think that, you know, he deserves some kind of spot on the list. Uh, what do you think about that, Isaac? Okay. So, actually, I'm actually going to agree with him. I'm going to agree with him on this list, and I'm actually going to agree with him being here. Um, so, fun fact, I have never seen The Terminator. I've never seen a full Terminator film out of the, no. like, what, aren't there like aren't there like four or five now? Just about. I think there's six. There's another. I think there's six. And there's another me. one on the way, isn't there? Yeah, James Cameron's yeah. back though in some capacity for this one, but I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah, but um, so I've yeah, so I've I've actually never seen a Terminator film. Um, but the the great thing was okay, so um, this is definitely. Uh, Chris, this is definitely your cue 
to roast the shit out of me for being a young man because this was definitely Terminator was somehow before my time. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how it like since I've seen movies from all kinds of time periods, but it just seemed like it was one of those things that was destined to culturally escape somebody my age, I think. But the nice okay. thing about it was that the Terminator survived in my mind, and this Terminator survived in a legacy because of all of the pop culture references that endless, endless mediums have made towards the Terminator in all of the years I've been alive. I heard like my first, I think I heard my first Terminator joke when I was like four. I was like, what? What that? <laughs> and eventually I just, I realized that it's like a, it's a, he's an iconic villain and, I see him as a villain because his, his, if I'm not mistaken, his primary directive is to go back in time to kill a child so that the child doesn't get born and the future well, doesn't the end up objective the way it is. was to kill his mom. But yes, you're right. Oh. His only objective is to kill humans. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. But it's, I don't know. There's something about that because... There's a tenacity about it that I have to respect. I think there was a tenacity about the Terminator's image and what he was trying to do, whether he was programmed or not to do it. I think there's something you have to admire about someone whose tenacity goes that strong. And I think that it was one of the films that easily cemented um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. Not that he didn't have a good if not bombastic career before that. But I think mm-hmm. it was one of those things that put him down there, you know, in the place. And I, I just, I got to love that because I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love that man. He is ridiculous. I, I, there's nothing I don't love about him really. And yeah. So of course I absolutely agree with the Terminator being on this list. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think um, you're right. It did kind of really um, help catapult him into like the superstardom kind of thing of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're right. And, uh, you know, like this is subject to debate. You know, we can, this is slipping and sliding as we go, guys, but you guys make great arguments. And um, if you haven't gone back and see the Terminator, I recommend you go back and, and just watch the Terminator and just kind of watch it with, um, just let it kind of hit you. Don't don't do too yeah. much thinking. It's not one of those films, but I think that you could really get into the the construct. And I think one of the things that makes it personal for me that makes it scary is not to get like all crazy on you. But the the the, the idea of super intelligent computers is not too far fetched. So you know, oh, not at and all, not at all. I, I think it kind of you know if you look at movie villains in kind of a blockbuster format that film was like a tone setter and a tone shift. And you guys have done enough of these with me to know how much I love tone shifts. So I really think it was a, it was um, a milestone in, in filmmaking history uh, for a number of reasons. Um, so, yeah, so let's, let's move right along and kind of recap real quick. We, um, we got the Black Widow from the Adams Family Values um, that are number 10. And number nine, we have Hercules. Not Hercules, I'm sorry, Hades from Disney's Hercules, I apologize. And my number eight pick was, the last one we're talking about was uh, The Terminator. And just to, to reference that, guys, 
I'm talking about Arnold's original Abe Power Terminator, not when he was a good guy in C2. That bad Terminator was a completely different Terminator. I don't think he was as better than Arnold, but that's just that's just me. Anyway, we're coming back to Tatum, I believe, for number seven. So what you got for us? Um, okay, so for number seven, I am going to bring up the Green Goblin uh, from the first Spider-Man movie, William, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Um, I and contrast, like I love the original Spider-Man. I, they are my favorite, and maybe it has something to do with nostalgia purposes, but they are still my favorite, and I adore Willem Dafoe in that movie. I think he, and the Green Goblin is such an interesting villain. Like, he's so interesting. And I think the Willem Dafoe really kind of makes him creepy and, like, the way he acts in that movie is just so great. And it just, it, it embodies what I would imagine the Green Goblin would be like. And I think it's such a really cool movie. And I love the, the interactions that he has with Peter Parker in this movie and the way that he talks to him and goes after him. And it's, uh, I love the Green Goblin. So that's going to be my pick for um, number seven. Very, very interesting. And I didn't, I love the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I was, uh, I think, just out of high school or maybe a senior, I can't really remember. But um, William Dafoe is a, is a great actor, uh, plays a great villain. I think he steals the show in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man almost more than, like, Peter does uh, for me. I think um, for that time period and that type of comic book storytelling, he was a great villain. Um, number seven on the list, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'd have to make, I'd have to hear a, a stronger argument for me personally. I'm not saying that it's not a great pick. We're, we're, we're all picking great actors. I think we can understand that it takes super talent to play a bad guy. And it's almost, it almost takes more talent to do so, but I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of still on the fence a tiny bit, but I would like to hear what Isaac has to say about, um, the green goblin. Well, um, Okay. So, Willem Dafoe's my man. Willem Dafoe's my man. And I love the Green Goblin. Uh, it is kind of hard to, to, to say that I want to agree because I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I have an unending, unfathomable, and very almost infinite hatred for all three of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I actually hate them to death. Dang. Yeah, I hate them I to think, death. Whoa, <laughs> I might have... I'm trying so bad. hard not to roast you tonight, bro. They're, they're, I'm trying they're so, so hard. They're giving so me excuses. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to have to, like... I don't. I don't know. I. I. I have to. I'm gonna have to rebut. I'm gonna have to rebut you. I'm gonna have to rebut you because I. I just don't think he should even be this high on the list. I don't think he should be this high. I. I would. I would even be willing to trade him for Hades. I wouldn't rate him this high. <laughs> no, I don't disagree with you. I. I would be willing I'm, to trade him for Hades. 
I'm I'm super willing. Can we can can that be a compromise? That's not up to me. I didn't take um, Hades. Who, who who picked Hades? What do you think, Tate? Um, what do you think, Tate? I don't know. I don't know. God, I don't know if I would. Okay, actually, no, I do agree. Um, I would like to switch Hades and the Green Goblin. Okay, so you want to Say make what? your case for Green Goblin at number no, I nine. To... Yeah. And have Hades from Hercules, the animated movie, at number seven. Yes. Okay. okay. Isaac, how do you feel I'm about willing, that? I'm willing to take that. I'm I'm very okay. much willing to take that. Okay. Me personally, I don't know how I feel about that, but... <laughs> It's two against one, and I'll go ahead and make that switch um, because I'm just a nice guy that way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but so we'll go. No, I'm just joking. So we'll go ahead and um, Sam, the 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 um, Green Goblin from the Sam Raimi uh, number nine, and we'll go ahead and we'll make. Hades from Hercules, the animated movie, uh, Tatum's pick for number seven. Does that sound good, everybody? Yeah, that's good with me. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. All right. Just let's, Okay, so like, let's give everybody a recap. So we just did a one-two switcheroo. So let's go with uh, our number 10 pick, who hasn't moved at all yet, the Black Widow from the Adams Family Values film. And then at number nine, we have the Green Goblin from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And number eight is the Terminator 84. And number seven is Hades from Hercules, the animated Disney film. All right, so... We're going to Isaac, I think, right now, right, for number six. Isaac, what do you got that's yeah. going to shock me? You seem to shock me every single show. So I'm expecting you – you know what? I can't even predict what I'm going to expect. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. <laughs> that's the right way to do it, man. <laughs> All right. Um, so at number six, I am going to suggest – you know, I was actually kind of hesitant. I was, I was a little hesitant on bringing him up. But I think he works for number six. I'm actually going to bring out Diablo from Suicide Squad. Um, I thought he was actually a good villain. Um, and I know. I, wait, I wait, can wait, hear wait, wait, everyone. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, Isaac. I'm breaking show protocol. But well, that dude redeemed himself as a hero in the end. He's not a true villain. No, or am I no, not watching the same no. Suicide Squad as everybody else? Suicide Squad. No. Suicide Squad. I have, I have my explanation. I God, have I my explanation. I, prob- I know. I know. And I can hear everyone else in the collective audience genuinely groaning. I can hear you all. It is, it is, it is distraught. But... Listen, out of 
all of the characters that in that film they could have ever flushed out, they flushed him out the most. And I don't want to hear anything about Deadshot. Deadshot was a decent villain, but Will Smith was really the one thing that was going for him. And it was because of the fact that he was Will Smith. Otherwise, they didn't really give his character very much depth. He slapped Harley's ass a couple of times, and he he kind of cares about he cares about his daughter. I can shoot good. That's it. But Diablo, on the other hand, Diablo was actually a very good character, and he's a very good villain. And I'll tell you why. He wasn't. I I I say he was a good villain because they're all technically villains, and I don't discount them as villains based on this one context. I know that that's kind of ignorant. I should. But I'm choosing not to. This is my will for ignorance. Let me have this. <laughs> um, and I think that he, I mean, he did a lot of, he did a lot of messed up things. Like, he might have redeemed himself because he saved a couple of people. But, like, don't forget, he killed his family. So I'm just not really going to let that slide. He was the one who came to terms with that. He came to his own predilections of what it meant to be himself. And I think that was a pretty good example of a villain or an antagonist having a self-aware moment and saying, this is what I want to do. And what he did might have been heroic in a sense, but he, it, 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 to me, it was kind of like a murder, kind of like being a hero to a bunch of other murders. Kind of got old. But I could definitely be wrong about that. Uh, I want to see what you guys think. I know that this is a ridiculous pick, though. (laughs) I'm not expecting y'all to agree. (laughs) Um, just real quick, why I thought about it while you were talking, I, I, I would if I'm trying to think who the villain of it. I would say Amanda Waller makes a better villain than any of the other villains in that film, and I would argue that she's not really a villain either. For me, it's another thing that I'm just having personal troubles with, like classifying that as a villain. And now I understand your text about you saying you were having trouble, the same troubles I was having trying to classify your villains as well. Because we're, it's open to, you know, it's art, it's subjective, it's open to taste and whatnot. And that's what I love about it, sparking debate. And that's awesome. I don't see him as a villain uh, at all. And it's not that I don't see the Suicide Squad as villains, but him in particular, you're right. They fleshed him out. I do agree with you. Um, it was intriguing. I do like the performance of the actor. For me, I think he redeems himself as a good guy and saves his friends. That doesn't make him... If it makes him a villain, it makes him an interesting villain. And I think he's like more of a wild card villain that, you know, um, it, if we had like a shorter list of also rants or um, notable mentions, that he would be great for that. But for me personally, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't want to be that killjoy, Isaac, but I want to see what Tatum thinks about it. And Tatum, have you seen Suicide Squad? Um, I've seen Suicide Squad. <laughs> Um, I also don't agree with classifying him as a villain. Um, I don't, they're, the thing about Booster Squad is that they're kind of anti-heroes. They're not villains, though. And so I don't want to include them on this list because I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't classify him as a villain. I do think I did like him a lot. Like, he's one of the few redeemable things about that movie. But I don't want to put him on the list because I really don't think he should be classified as a villain. I agree. And I think somebody else might. Leo? Oh, man. Isaac. (laughs) Isaac! Diablo! Diablo! Are you serious? Oh, I had to, man. Isaac. I didn't know what to do, man. Oh, I had to call God. your mother. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, you broke my heart, Isaac, when, <laughs> when, when you said you didn't, didn't watch any of the Terminator films. That broke my heart, bro. Like, I, I got to get you over for a movie night. That. Because we got to get you on at least T2, man. At least watch T2. Like, you don't even really have to watch Terminator, but, like, please, please watch T2 with me. Okay. Please. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down Thank to watch you. any of the Terminator movies. I really am. Oh, thank you, man. Like that, do it, that start from the beginning. Also, do it right. Also, start I need you to rewatch Spider Man with me. Um, no. To see no. Will Defoe at his best. I mean, dude, he like no. looks himself in the mirror and talks to himself like a freaking psychopath. Like, not only is right. he good as an actor, no, he's just a great villain. Like that, that's a good villain. That's somebody who's twisted so no. far. Like he was so right. no. good. He deserves to be. No. In, I think he deserves to be at least number seven, if not six. No. Yes. <laughs> at least seven. I mean, like he. I don't. Come on. You have no. You have no idea what these Sam Raimi films have actually done to me. I. I, I mean, I'm I not... have a slight idea because I know what three did to me, man. But all three of those? Come on, man. Number one and two is this. I will admit, Norman Osborn, again, it, it, Norman Osborn was a redeeming, was an incredibly redeeming feature of the first film and kind of the second one a little bit. But, you know, like, I don't know. I just, out of all the Spider-Man villains to pick of the fourth going to, to hit him with that one, I don't know. It bothers me a little bit. I, I, I don't, I maybe, I need to examine, I need to examine my issues with these movies more. Actually, it's really what I need to do. Yeah, I, I think you might want to go back and take a look at them, man, because they fit so perfectly even in today's time. Like, if you go back and watch mm. Spider-Man 2, oh my God, dude, like, the fighting choreography is amazing. And not to mention, it's a well-weaved story. It's short. It's sweet. It's a good movie, man, just like movie, period, because you have to take the superhero genre with a grain of salt. Sometimes it can be a hit, sometimes it can be a miss. It really just depends on which movie it is. But the first two Spider-Man do were hits. They were hitters, man. I'll say that um, second one shines through pretty well. I got to tell you, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get the big band-aid. I'm going to rip the band-aid right off, and I'm going to let you guys know exactly how I feel about the Spider-Man film. Real quick, we'll go back into the top ten. Oh man! But I'm going to give you just just a quick sentence about how I feel about the Spider-Man films. Okay. All right, here we go. Spider-Man: Homecoming is currently the best ranking one, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people agree with me on that one. However, ah, the amazing two over that one. What? 
Oh, yep. oh man, we're gonna we're gonna fight. Anyway, um, and the Amazing Spider-Man one and two with Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man are easily better than all three Sam Raimi films. Are you serious? And by the way, by the way, I think that Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, when everyone compares it to Spider-Man 3, it was still better than Spider-Man 3. All right, hold on a second, guys. Hold on one one darn, goose darn, (laughs) darn second. All right, Jawan... (laughs) Juwan, can you help 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 a brother out? <laughs> yeah, I um Isaac is I, I had to come <laughs> on Isaac's making yeah. me cry. Um, <laughs> listen, listen, I will say this, Leo, Spider-Man Two and Homecoming are neck to neck with me. Only advantage I give Homecoming was uh, I feel as though Michael Keaton's Vulture was a better villain than Octavius. And I feel as though fair, Tom fair. Holland, Tom Holland to me was able to do exactly what Ben Affleck did, and that's give us a superhero that not only knocks out his human his human self, but his alter ego completely. Like uh, Tom Holland is ripped out of the um, uh, no, not spectacular, the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. He is ripped directly from the pages. His look, uh, you know, him on screen. It's just Even purely scenes, ripped out yeah. in the comics. Um, yeah. My biggest issue with Tobey Maguire was, one, he was 30 playing a high school kid, and two, he just never really, like, they never really focused, they didn't focus on him being a geek enough. Like, it was it was the photographer that they focused on, it was the loving nephew, um, it, it was him as Spider-Man. It, they never really got deep into him as being the nerd. Um, and then my issue with so Andrew Garfield true. was, they were taking such a modern take on Spider-Man. And I think it didn't blend well. Like, Andrew Garfield was an amazing Spider-Man. I thought his Peter was just, like, so dismissive. Like, I, I, I could do without his Peter Parker. Um, so, but I will not, Isaac. I will not. Because I already feel as though people sleep on the amazing job um, Willem Dafoe did as the Green Goblin. I will not let you dismiss the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. The third one was not bad Thank enough you. for me to forget how good those first two were. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin haunted me. It was terrifying. He was great. He was so freaking good as Green Goblin. And then Alfred Molina was amazing as Doc Ock. I had no issues with either one of those first two villains. I get it if the stories maybe didn't hit you um, for both of them, but the villains themselves were amazing. Um, excuse me. And I still, to this day, besides like maybe the whole scene and a few other scenes, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man stopping the train with his web and then the city of New York rallying around him and not giving up his identity and, you know, giving him his mask back. Like, that whole scene was so beautiful. It was greatly yes. shot. Uh, I'd even go as far as to say that whole fight outside of the bank was great uh, between Doc Ock and Spider-Man when he was trying to keep uh, Aunt May safe um, from Doc Ock. I loved that whole sequence leading up to the train scene. Um, so those two movies cannot just be thrown in the garbage. They were really good. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think, was maybe a step worse 
than Spider-Man 3. It was just like the purest form of garbage. Um, but uh, I will say um, that the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Mans were, to me, classic. Homecoming is the most accurate interpretation of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield did a really good job in the first Amazing Spider-Man, capturing the more humorous side of Spider-Man that Toby didn't really fully capture that I thought Andrew had uh, just a thumb on the pulse of. Uh, But, yeah, I had to call in and and tell you, Isaac, you can't be just doodling on uh, my man Alfred Molina and and Willem Dafoe's uh, villainous portrayal. They they were classic. I'm so glad that I made everyone collectively angry enough to call. That's great. Yeah, um, I, um, I wanted to say the same. I just had to call in and just let you know, man, that was that was a little too crazy, man. You kind of broke my heart a little bit. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. But everybody, carry on. It's a great episode. I'm loving it so far. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care. All right, guys. Thanks for Thanks. calling in, Thanks guys. For it was us. great to hear from you. Absolutely. Keep it up, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. All right. All right. Well, we had a little geek session. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, and my phone went ballistic um, right <laughs> around pick num- number nine, and I was trying to, like, you know, hold back the flames and stuff, but. We just, I guess they just had to get their opinions out, which is great. I love it. Um, Tatum, are you still there? Are you still with us? Just doing a roll call real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm still here, yeah. Okay, great. All right, guys. I want to do a quick week. Are we on? Okay, which one are we on? We're on pick six, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, so we got Diablo at number six. That was your pick, right, Isaac? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But it um, looks like you guys nope. have rebuttals for it, which is fine. Okay. And, okay, so I, me and Tatum were both like, okay, not so sure. Um, um, do you have a replacement pick for your number six after the boys just chewed you out? Or would you like to skip your pick and come back to you? It's up to you. Okay. Um, I don't want this to deter anybody from picking an iteration of this character in, in, in for the future reference because there are like four of him so far. But in, in since let's do a better pick for number six. Uh, I would actually like to go for Jack Nicholson's Joker. What do you guys think right. about that? Interesting. Yeah. Give us your thoughts on Jack Nicholson's Joker. I'm I'm not against it. I'm interested to see what you have to I say am. about it. I'm, have you seen the film though, Isaac? Yeah, no, I have. <laughs> I have. Okay, I saw. All right, I'm just making I saw. Sure. I saw Tim Burton's Batman. I saw it. Okay. Um, okay. Good. Go ahead. And that is, I'm, I, I am correct in saying that that is Tim Burton's Batman. I'm thinking of right. Yes, you're thinking of Tim Burton's Batman. Okay. Great. All right. So, I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker in that one. Um, I'd watched this video about what eras of the Joker are have been portrayed in film so far. And I, I, I don't remember. I would love it if somebody could call me out on it if I'm wrong. I think they said this was like 
Jack Nicholson was closer to the Bronze Age Joker or Silver Joker. I'm not really sure. Um, but he was from a distinct comic era, um, or he was based off of a distinct comic era. And I like that part of it. I like learning about that history. But I, I, I'd only seen clips of Jack Nicholson's Joker, and I hadn't seen Tim Burton's Batman until like three years ago, I think. And the way that he just moved around, it, it, it disturbed me. And it also disturbed me seeing a version of the Joker without makeup. Uh, that was actually particularly terrifying to me. Um, scars in his face were really uh, textured to me. They stood out. They really stood out on his face. And it was weird because I'm just used to seeing, like, lipstick over the scars or white paint over the scars. And it's a whole different thing when you see the Joker's like human being. And uh, I felt like that was very weird and very awkward to watch. Um, And and just his his delivery was great. He acted like three different people. (laughs) He acted like so many different people and he'd switch in between them. And it was really cool to see him let loose. I liked how crazy he was in The Shining. And I thought, I used to think, what if he was like, what if he did a role that was kind of like if, if, Jack, if, if Jack Terrence went a little more crazy? And that's really how Jack Nicholson's Joker hits me. Um, so I, I just, I think he's a really good place. I don't think he's the best Joker to ever do it on the big screen so far. Um, but I think he's a great I think he's a great I, – I love all of the Jokers, Caesar as well, but Jack Nicholson's probably, like, my second favorite, and that's why I put him here. Um, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. I think it's a very interesting um, choice, and I think, uh, you, you know, you're kind of right to, you know, see – what Tim Burton did with that character and that Joker, um, I think it's iconic in the way um, that they portrayed it. And um, I remember being a little bit spooked out um, somewhat myself watching as a kid. And um, Tatum, what what do you think? How do you, do you think that's a a much better pick than Diablo? I I certainly agree that there's room for Jack on this list. I, I don't know where to place him. Like I said, this is a very hard list to compile guys. So placement of this thing is going to really kind of shift, especially with number fifth pick. I'm going to like break it up and I'm going to give us a chance to kind of go back and rethink our list. But Tatum, what do you think about um, Jack's Joker? So I definitely agree. I think um, I love Jack Nicholson's Joker. He's one of my favorites. He's not my favorite, but he is one of my favorites. And I think he's, He's so creepy and 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 he's a little cheesy, but I think the Joker's supposed to be like that, and I really liked it. And I think he does belong on this list. And I would go. I, I think number six is a pretty decent spot for him. Um, I, I mean, we may go back and you know rearrange things, but I definitely think he should be on this list for sure. All right, we're. I think I think that uh, we kind of all agree, and uh, Isaac kind of redeemed himself. He hit, he hit my heart. Batman is definitely. I have a Joker on my list. It wasn't necessarily him. He was further down necessarily on my list, but I'm a little biased. I'm a huge Batman fan, so we're going to keep 
Um, Jack Nicholson's Joker at number six. So um, I have the number fifth pick, I believe. Um, just let's recap this real quick, and this is subject to change. But here we go. At number 10, guys, we have The Black Widow from Adam's Family Values. At number nine, begrudgingly, The Green Goblin from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, at number seven, I'm sorry, at number eight, we have The Terminator, uh, 84. At number seven, we have Hades from the Hercules animated film. And at number six, we have Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson's, Matt Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Joker in Batman, in Burton Batman. So my number fifth pick um, is, is Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And um, I, I, I have her on my list. For me personally, um, I remember being in, in, in school. I won't go on a tangent, but we read the book, and then we watched the film, and we, did, we were supposed to do a comparison essay um, on the book compared to the film. And I remember watching this film and just being completely shocked that they're allowing us to, like, watch this in school. Um, I, I was personally terrified of, like, men, that, that whole, like, being locked up mindset. You got, you know, great acting from all across the board on that film, but just that, that character, especially in the book as Nurse Ratchet, you just hated her. And um, I re- it's one of the few things I remember reading and then you know, seeing the film and, and thinking that, damn, that character has done pretty good justice compared to the book. Um, a lot of the times the films take liberties, but this evil, psychotic B-word had control of these men. I think she got off on it. And I think the, the, the book was actually a little bit darker, more dark than the film. But um, I cannot think of the actress's name. And I know that's a big boo-boo for a film buff like me, but I can't think of her name. She did a fantastic job uh, all around, just spooky, scary. That's a, that's a classic film. Uh, it goes down to history as, as I think one of the best films ever. So I need to make an argument and kind of like, I don't want to like get this, um, top 10 list too bogged down with like villainous um, comic book villains too much. I, I wanted to try to sprinkle in a little bit of um, uh, other kind of film and film genres. And I think from a psychological villainous standpoint, she definitely deserves to be on this list. I'm going to go to Tatum. What do you think about Nurse Ratchet from the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest at number five? <clears throat> Um, so I've never actually seen that movie, so there's not a lot that I have that I can say, um, on this film, and, cause, yeah, I've never seen the movie, I actually don't know anything about that movie at all, which is, uh, really weird, and I know that sucks, but, um, uh, I don't know, I, I guess, but I do have a countervillain that I would rather put, um, on the list at number five, and uh, I would rather have. But granted, I don't know. So I don't know anything about the zone, so I don't know if my pick is better. But I want to go and say Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, I want to have. I would at number five. I think that would be a good, really good spot for him because he's. Oh, he's he's this crazy, chaotic evil. Like, and and the movie is centered on him, and I know it's not. He's not a traditional villain, but everything he does is just pretty much fucking up everybody's lives. Like, he's just doing everything he can, cause, just because it's fun, just because he likes it. 
and because he wants to get out and stay out of where, you know, he doesn't want to be stuck in that, you know, prison. <laughs> and he's so cunning and funny and lovable and just the things he, the way he messes with people is so out of the box and funny and I adore him. I think it is one of the best villains out there. But I also think that it would, there's more villains that would be above him. That's why I think right in the middle is a good spot for him. Um, yeah, I didn't even consider um, Tim. I didn't consider uh, Beetlejuice on my list of villains at all. That's a, it's interesting because you know you make a good you make a good point. He is a he's a pretty interesting villain, Isaac. How do you feel about um, Nurse Ratchet or Beetlejuice coming in at number five? Have you seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I'm so sorry I haven't. Um, I didn't even know that was a film that needed to be on my radar. Uh, now I know. Jack Nicholson's that in it, is. by the way. Oh, well, that's, well, that does Danny that's DeVito, that, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, Danny DeVito? Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm a fool for not having this on my radar at all, actually. Um, I will get right on that. <laughs> I'm going to get right on that. <laughs> I also recommend you reading the book. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool read, guys, you know, and the film is really, it's, it's really good. I think it's definitely, um, it, it's on a lot of top 10 films or top 100 films to watch before you die. It's on like a ton of lists like that. If you haven't seen it, I'd, I'd definitely go check it out. It's just Jack Nicholson plays a great character. <laughs> Um, the book is really cool. But anyway, Isaac, go ahead. Um, make your point for Beetlejuice because you obviously haven't seen the film. So let's see what you have to say about um, um, Beetlejuice. Okay, if we, don't, if we say his um, name one more time, he's going to appear, so don't say it. <laughs> ah, good. You did your homework. Hey, oh, dude, she just did nice. it. She just did it. I just don't like those sandworms, dude. Damn. Like, I hope I don't ever, yeah. ever see one of those in my dreams. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I would make a case for Beetlejuice at number five. Absolutely. I'm going to go over my personal reasons why. Um, so, number one, um, gosh. Uh, so, I have uh, a bit of an obsession with Beetlejuice. I've loved Beetlejuice since I was a, a wee lad. Um, my grandmother used to, my grandmother bought the soundtrack and she'd play it in the car all the time. So I know the whole movie score from top to bottom. Um, oh, it's a great soundtrack. Not to interrupt you, but it is. it's a great soundtrack. It's very good. And I have to agree. I have to agree with the number five spot because the definition, Beetlejuice's job description is a bio exorcist. He kills people for dead people as a living that in itself is already villainous but the way he goes about his job is even worse and if you think about it Beetlejuice is most likely one of the scariest characters you could ever hope to see and the reason is is that a lot of a lot of characters a lot of villains a lot of icons they kill you and that's scary a lot of things can kill you but what about someone who literally makes your afterlife horrible? A guy who can not kill you in the afterlife, 
But it's so scary to know that this is the type of soul and this is the type of spirit that you're indebted to almost just because you were newly deceased and you wanted a little help. And the bureaucracy of the afterlife wasn't working. You guys seeing any, seeing any parallel? Any undertone? Uh, uh, uh. Anyway. Yeah, um, I'm picking up what you're putting <laughs> down. <laughs> so I really did like that about him. But also, it's mentioned. It, it, and the characters actively mention how horrible of a person and how horrible of a spirit he is. They said, I'm not a fan of Charles D. either, but I didn't want him to die. And, and it's true. In the film, Beetlejuice attempts to murder everyone who isn't dead, except for an underage girl. But we're not. That, that's even worse. So, and that's the other thing. Is he's not willing to just kill people. He's willing to push moral boundaries as well. It's kind of gross. It was actually really gross to see him trying to marry a 14-year-old Lydia. And how old is Beetlejuice? The guy could literally be millennia. He's old as hell. It's gross. It's awful. And kind of not the thing you normally see on ABC Family. There he is. Every Halloween on the ABC channel. And I think that's what's an interesting part of him is that he does all this heinous stuff, but they were able to make it look not so bad. And I think that's why I liked it a whole lot. And I think that's why I like him. He's, amb- he's kind of ambiguous. He looks like a scumbag. He acts like a scumbag. But the fact that he acts like a scumbag and looks like a scumbag makes you believe that he's the guy he says he is. He is the advertising. He's what it says on the tin. How can you not trust it if it does what it says on the tin? Kind of hard. So I, I think that's definitely why he deserves to be at number five. No, uh, you, you, you guys, you know, you make, a, you make a really good point. And, you know, you can't obviously argue against a film you haven't seen. That wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make you do that. Um, but for, you know, the sake of the show and the top ten and the fact that we're all fans of film, I think Beetlejuice kind of, you know, you might have sold me on being a pretty good villain. Interesting story. When I was a kid, uh, Universal Studios Florida had, like, live-action shows, and Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice were one of the attractions you could, like, pile into, like, a theater and watch a live-action Beetlejuice show. And I sat in the front row. That Beetlejuice guy scared the... He scared the shit out of me, man. Like, Beetlejuice two feet away from you? Not exactly... It's scary as hell. Like, it's not even cool. So... Um, interesting little story, but I'm going to go ahead and leave Beetlejuice at number five. How does that sound? Uh, you know what? You know what? I, I hate that I just did this. I, I feel very flip-floppy. I'm, I'm very sorry. I actually want to put Beetlejuice higher. Can I offer one more rebuttal for number five? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because... You just said it, and I, I thought of it, and I thought I like Beetlejuice. I like Beetlejuice higher, maybe at like a three or something. But I think the number five villain that we might be able to agree on is Gozer the Gozerian from Ghostbusters. I think that Gozer's a decent five. 
because the threat of Gozer was easily taken care of in Ghostbusters. That's why I didn't really think he was all that formidable of uh, of a villain, I think. But I liked what he did in Ghostbusters. I think that Gozer was a fantastic villain for multiple reasons. He was able to... He's an interdimensional god who has, who has destroyed hundreds if not thousands upon thousands of civilizations. And he comes to Earth and then he becomes a marshmallow man and, and gets blasted by, by, particle, by particle accelerators. There's not something too scary about that. I think what scared me most was that Gozer was able to operate so well from not even being there. It was the demon dogs. The demon dogs are, I, I would count the demon dogs as part of Gozer since they are technically part of Gozer. But there's something unsettling about the fact that this dog, can, this demon dog you've never seen before, can look you dead in the eye and possess you. <laughs> It can essentially possess you and use you to create an interdimensional doorway. There was something about that as a child that scared the bejesus out of me. I, I didn't like that thought at all. It wasn't the dog that scared me, it was the possession and knowing who was behind that possession. Plus, you have to telepathically choose how you die. Terrifying. I think that's a really good villain because – it put a lot of stakes up at risk. There was a lot of stakes that were put up, but it goes also managed to, it was like a choose your own adventure, except choose your own way to die. And there's not a lot of ways to get around that. It's really hard to, 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 to clear your mind, to not think of anything. And all, I don't know how the other Ghostbusters were able to do it, but that's just my rebuttal. I, I think that Gozer would put it number five. I think Gozer is one of the better villains in film in, in terms of like that type of genre, I would say. So. Okay. Um, interest, interesting. Um, now, for me personally, if, I, if we had to keep Gozer or Beetlejuice on the list, for me personally, I would go with Beetlejuice. He's got a little bit more substance to him. Now, um, yes, I'm a big fan of the Ghostbusters. And the thing that scared me about the Ghostbusters, too, is was all that high stakes that was going on. These idiots are the ones that were going to save the day. And it just made me nervous because, like, they couldn't, you know, fight their way out of a paper bag. So I think that kind of added to the fear I had for Gozer because I'm like, oh, these idiots are going to be the ones that are going to save us. And we got a sarcastic guy. We got a smart dude. No offense, that guy. And I, and I think that, 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 that didn't – I don't think that villain really kind of like had like the screen time it could have took to kind of flesh it out. I think it was kind of generic. It was more of a comedy. It was more of a group of people going, what situations can we make fun of or what – uh, you know, but we still have to have like a big bad and we still have to have a big event going on, you know, and we have to save the day. But how can we do it in such a way that it's scary but funny? And it's hard to do and it's an interesting take and I agree, but I don't think um 
that if I had to pick between the two personally, uh, Gozer, it was cool. I like it. Don't get me wrong, Isaac. I'm right there with you. But I would slate more towards Beetlejuice personally at number five. Tatum, what do, how do you feel? Um, so I, because Isaac, you have number four, right? You have the next one. Uh, oh yeah, I guess, I guess so. So what would you say? No, putting... I think you have number four. I, oh, oh, I have number four. Yeah. Number five my, was, was my pick. It got, B-O-C. oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. 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 So in that case, I would say we could put Gozer at number five, because I do agree with you. I think he is a really great uh, – He's not only is he a phenomenal villain, but he's also an iconic villain, and I do think he deserves bottomless. Um, <laughs> and then putting Be- – I will put Beetlejuice at number four. And that way we can have them both on the list. That oh. would take um, the spot of Jack Nicholson's Joker. Um, that would be Isaac's pick. What? Wait. At number four? Four? Oh, oh, I'm going down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking at the list. Wait, wrong. My apologies. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little. It's a little late over here. Um, I was looking at the okay. list wrong. Okay, so we would go. Okay, so we would go leave Beetlejuice at five, and then go put Gozer at four. So your pick would be for Gozer at four. Tatum. No, Beetlejuice at four, Gozer at five. So yeah. uh, okay, I think I got this. All right, cool. Let's take a vote real quick while we get to the midway point, and then we can reshuffle this list or talk about it some more, but also kind of like give a a fresh read of it. So we're going to go um, Beetle, uh, Gozer at number four, Beetlejuice at f- five, or? No, no, no. Gozer at number five, Beetlejuice at number four. Gotcha. Um, Isaac, you okay with that? I am, yeah, I'm just fine with that. I'm trying to rearrange this, make sure I have it. Okay. Let me recap this list real quick for everybody. If um, you're just kind of tuning in or you're just as confused as I was five seconds ago, let's go ahead and (laughs) recap what we got here at number 10 is pretty solid. Let's just say that. I don't know why I'm laughing guys, but every time I read it, I just just laugh. It's just not going anywhere. We haven't really argued about this pick at all. And that's the black widow from Adam's family values at number 10. Uh, we have number nine is the Green Goblin from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. But number nine, um, I'm sorry, yeah, at number eight was the Terminator. Uh, number seven is Hades from Hercules. Number six is Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman 89. And number five is Beetlejuice. Um, is that right, guys? No, no, Beetlejuice no. number four. Okay, so it's Gozer from Ghostbusters at number five and Beetlejuice at number four. Yes. <laughs> Is that good? Yes. Yeah. Isaac? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm good. Builder the Destroyer. That's a big fucking Twinkie. Anyway, I like the list. It's very <laughs> eclectic. Um, I made a Ghostbuster reference, and none of y'all got it. Anyway. No, I, I got it. I got it. We could talk about Ghostbusters all we want. But here, we're kind of at the midway point of this list, guys. Kind of. We are, sort of. But um, yeah. I kind of want to open it up real quick and see if anybody had any kind of second thoughts, want to reshuffle, want to take one out, want to uh, make a case for replacing one. And Tatum, looking back on this list and coming through all this discussion, um, how do you feel about the list so far? Is there any changes that you might want to make? Um, hmm. So, after the discussion about the Green Goblin, I kind of want to put the Green Goblin higher again. <laughs> because it really reaffirmed that he should have been higher than nine. I can make a so, case for him replacing Gozer. Um, How do you feel about putting Gozer at nine and then putting Green fine. Goblin at four? That's fine with me. I'm fine with that. Gozer <laughs> making the list of our top ten is still pretty damn good, I think, right? I know. It is. It is. We're I pretty think Gozer's B-minus probably more of a nine a really than it's going to five. Yeah. Um, here's my thing. Okay. <laughs> Even though he was my pick, um, I do think that – I don't think he should be number five. Um I was really? thinking, yeah, I don't think he should be number five. I think, um, hmm, I'm trying to think. No, think if, we switch we with, should... if we switch Gozer with the, with the Green Goblin, that would put Green Goblin at number four, not five. Beetlejuice no, 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 five. Gozer is number five. Beetlejuice is number four. I... We've literally gone oh, through this like three times. My fault. No. No, gotcha. I wasn't. Okay, keep going. You're making a good point. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's okay. Um, I would say I would want to go back with the, I just want to switch Hercules and Green Goblin back to the way they were um, because now that I thought about it, I think that was probably best in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's I can what look I at would that. Yeah. Isaac, you okay with I that? Got, I got Gozer on the list. I'm happy. You switch, switch Hercules, switch Hades. I don't, yeah, that's fine. I got Gozer okay. on the list. That's what matters to me. <laughs> okay, I redid the list while I was talking. When she corrected me on it, I didn't actually physically rewrite it. So when I went back to look at it, Okay. Oh, I will, so yeah, it's Hercules, okay. Hercules, no, Hercules is sitting, I, I think, at number six right now, I believe. Wait. It's at number seven. So you want to put Green Goblin at number seven and put Hercules yeah. at number nine? Yeah. 
Tatum, is that what you wanted? Yeah, that that's good. And Hercules at number nine. Okay, Isaac, was there anything about the list that you wanted to talk about? Reshuffle, move up, make a consideration for replacing anything? Uh, no, I think I'm actually pretty good with where we're at. Okay. I'm I'm comfortable with where we're at, too, but let's just reread this list. Number 10, Black Widow, Adam Family, Values. Number 9, 80s from Hercules, the anime series. Number 8, The Terminator. Number 7, Green Goblin from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Number six is the Jack Nicholson Joker. Number five is Gozer. And number four is Beetlejuice. Sound right to everybody so far? Sounds great. Okay, Isaac, you have number three, if I'm keeping up with the the queue, so to speak. So I think, yeah, you're at number three, buddy. So what do you got for us at number three? At number three, I would, I'm, I'm going to go with, oh my gosh. Uh, all right. I'm going to put him here. Yeah. I think we can get number three. I think we're, we're at number three. I'm going to go for uh, Judge Turpin. From the Sweeney, uh, from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I am indeed talking about um, the uh, late 2000s version with Helena Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp. I know there's like two other movies before that, but I just wanted to make it clear that's the one I'm talking about. Uh, I, I want to add Judge Turpin as a villain um, because he absolutely was the main antagonist of the film. Um, and it was his fault that everything happened and he was still actively trying to make it all happen with scumbag. But there was, uh, when I watched that, I've seen villains in musicals forever and, and so has everybody else, I'm sure. And um, I just noticed that in musicals, in like musical, musicals that aren't really, I would say, in the animated spectrum, or in the cartoonist spectrum, things that were a bit more serious. I felt like villains had a lot of lackluster, or like antagonists had a lot of lackluster development, and I didn't seem to like hate any of them. Most of them were just like a general inconvenience. But Judge Turpin, to me, was not a general inconvenience whatsoever. He was kind of what I hated in a lot of people. He was what I, I disliked in a lot of people. I saw... He, I saw specific people I did not like in Judgment. And by the way, Alan Rickman's performances were just top-notch wherever the guy went, and I'm, I'm R.I.P. Alan Rickman. That man was a champion. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, and I just loved I, – I didn't even know he had a singing voice either, and that was a great uh, advantage to this film as well. But Judd Turpin was a real scumbag. He had a guy sent to prison 
because he was into his wife and then went to comfort her, her, her wife, his wife after he sent her husband to prison and just left her there with a newborn, with a newborn daughter. It is, was, he, he didn't care about human decency whatsoever. He was such a vulture. He was just such a worm. I hated him. And I, I, there is something aggravating about a person who does that kind of thing and then continues on. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about everything he did because I, I don't know if there's other people who haven't seen that musical. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's a really great story. Um, and it's something that I, I genuinely don't want to spoil for anybody, but um, I would really like to vouch for Judge Turpin as a number three. I think he was one of the epitomes of a human scumbag that he, he, he prosecuted kids. He sent a kid to death because he stole an apple. What? If that's not villain material, I don't really know what is. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and vouch. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying a lot just because for the sake I didn't, I don't want to spoil too much about him, but I want to make a vouch for Judge Durkin. At number three. Well, um, another interesting pick, and um, Alan Rickman, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. He's a very talented actor, um, stage and screen. Um, it's been a very long time since I've seen that show, probably around the time when it came out. Um, but um, I'm aware of the character, very villainous character. Um, I'm a little on the fence, kind of, uh, putting him super high. Um, does he deserve to be, you know, it's kind of like the same kind of thing we were talking about um, for our text and stuff. Like, he would be a great in a subcategory of, like, horror film villains and stuff like that. So it's really hard to, like, classify some of these bad guys and, and rank them. Yeah, I think we're having... I think we're doing a great job, you know, with doing it so far. But for me, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. That character so much. Tatum, how do you how do you feel about? Um, I believe it's Judge Turpin, right? Is that is that his name? Isaac. So what does Isaac? Tatum. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, okay, so. I do agree. Um, I love uh, Sweeney Todd. I think, and I think it's really important that we're including a musical villain <laughs> in this because, like, Disney movies don't count. So, like, the her- it, it is a musical, but it's not like a musical. It's not a Broadway musical <laughs> um, made into film. And so, and I think it's because one, it's my favorite musical of all time. It is one of the best. It's. I, because the musicals, like, I can watch them. I like them. But this one is one I can watch. Like, I can watch it once a month, and I wouldn't get tired of it. Like, it's such a good movie. And he is so despicable. He, the judge is just so disgusting. Like, he's, like, the bottom feeder of the earth disgusting. And he also embodies a lot of, both in the past and, you know, people now who are in power that are like that and it's real, and it's dirty, and you really, it really makes you think about the fact that there are people like him in this world, and it just, oh, it just, it's, he's revolting, and I think he definitely deserves to be on this list, and I do think he deserves to be high on this list, because he, he's everything a good villain should be. He makes you hate him, like, in the depths of your core, 
And it's really cool because he makes you, like, in a movie where it's pretty much, like, let's be real, uh, Sweeney Todd himself was a villain. Like, he was a murderer. (laughs) Um, And so it's kind of like a villain against villain thing. And he he makes, he's so disgusting that he is the main villain and he overshadows, you know, the murder and the putting people into pies and all that crazy shit. Like, that's nothing compared to when you look at him and the things that he does. It's just, it's, so I agree. I think he's a phenomenal villain, and I think he deserves this stuff. Huh. It, just, it, that makes me kind of like uh, want to go back and rewatch it, see if there's anything I missed. Like, I haven't seen that film in a long time. I'm not, I'm, I'm not too keen on trying to, like, defend it, the pick or not, just because I, I, I haven't seen it. But it, um, it sounds like you two both, you know, kind of agree, so... Um, we'll go ahead and put Judge Turpin from Sweeney Todd. Um, that's the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp uh, film, right? Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. That's, yeah. that's, that's the film we're talking about. Okay, good. All right, so we got Judge um, Turpin at number three. So I guess that kind of puts me at number two. And that's like an odd position to be in, especially with this um, very <laughs> unique and interesting list that we have. Because I, honestly, guys, um, there's just so many, um, you know, we can't name, you know, there's so many great villains, right? We can all kind of agree on that, that it's just so hard to slim them down. And to, to make it easier on us, we're all picking ones that we really like from really good films. Um, but there's so many notable mentions. And I think, you know, I have to make a case um, uh, for Heath Ledger's Joker um, just out of just um, not just being a fan of it, but just the the acting performance. And I think getting into um, a unique kind of villain that actually does a very good job of being a really good antagonist or the yin to the yang of the protagonist when you come down to a characterization of the film, and and you know, all all kinds of media, comic books, um, books, what have you. Uh, it's really important to kind of have that dynamic. And I think um, Nolan, in creating this Joker, kind of throwing us at him with no backstory, no clear-cut motive, um, telling lies about how he got his scars, whoever would listen to him. You can't believe a word he says. It, it, it just comes into um, a city where, you know, in a, a time where Batman was just, you know, just cleaning up house after the previous film, and all of a sudden, here comes the the, the exact opposite of what he's trying to do, just complete anarchy and chaos, and does such a great job of tearing down a hero, and just does his, does his job as a villain. I don't, I don't think you can get any higher on the list. I mean, number one, probably, um, right now, with just Hitting technical beats, um, if you want to talk about more of crafting stories and characters, um, that you can't argue the fact that this one hits really good beats and it hits the the notes that make a good villain a good character, period. And they do a fantastic job of portraying that with the script and the actor brings that to life with his amazing performance. And he does his job of destroying the, the hero, bringing him down a notch, um, creating the havoc that he does, uh, bringing a lot of philosophical questions along the way and um, ultimately, um, you know, being captured and whatnot at the end, you know, kind of, you know, cliche villainish tropes, so to speak. But for me, I can go on forever about talking about this, but I really do think that 
he deserves to be a spot on this list for just um, the film characterization, storytelling, crafting-wise. You know, say what you want about, oh, I don't like, you know, superhero comic book films. Um, you got to look at the character, um, strip away the makeup. That all brings, that all, you know, kind of really brings a whole nother level to the character, but strip it down to what he's doing story um it's just um it's just amazing for me personally um the second that film started i don't even think i touched the back of the seat in in the theater i think i was sitting forward just engaged completely from the first introduction of that character um for me there were no dead spots in that film i didn't have a time to breathe um so i really think that this character definitely needs to be at this list, at number two, Isaac, what do you think? Oh, oh, hard agree. Super hard agree. Um, I, I like what you said about, um, I like what you said actually about, about Heath Ledger's Joker and, and people not liking superhero films, you know, because when I, um, I had actually not seen any of that, uh, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, um, actually, coincidentally, until I had watched it uh, a few years back with uh, with our very own Leo, uh, I had um, I had watched it with him and a couple of other buddies, and that was about the first time I ever saw even one of the movies from the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I think, um, and it got me prompted to watch The Dark Knight, and so I did. Um, and I, I tell you what, like, I was really blown away. Cause this was about a time that I was kind of emerging into like really t- liking comics and characters and things, I guess I liked them all my life, but I don't know. It was the films that I didn't like so much. I was just into series and animated stuff, but he got me really interested because he posed a lot of great questions. Um, he caught, he, he caught me off guard really. Cause I, I knew that characters were like gritty and awful. But that I didn't is a really good way of putting it. I'm yeah, sorry to interrupt was, you, but he did. He he caught me on guard too, man. I was not expecting yeah. that for legit. It legit freaked me out. Not expecting that. Yeah. Go, and go ahead. like I remember, it's okay. The like the first impression of him that like stuck with me forever and ever was when he came in the room with all the gangsters and they're all sitting there and they're all like, I don't know what we're going to do. Our money's not safe. And the bats around and, 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 and just in strolls this jackass in a purple suit. And he's like, I can fix your problem. You're just not doing enough. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, get this guy out of here. He's like, you want to see me do a magic trick? He shoves a dude's head into a pen and goes, ta-da gone. It scared me. I didn't like it actually at first. I was like, whoa, uncool. But he just got worse from there. He got interesting from there. The philosophical discussions he brought up, having the public and the prison have to decide whose boat is going to blow up. That was really, really cool. And like, it got me exposed to a lot of psychological ideas that I wasn't initially exposed to before. And the fact that Heath Ledger was able to portray that character and his, and his motivations so accurately, so closely, while also completely losing control of his personality in the process of it, 
is amazing to me. I don't care if you don't like comic book films. I don't care if you don't even like Joker. If you tell me that that is not a good villain, if that film didn't create one of the best villains to ever hit cinema, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And that's where I'm going to end I couldn't, I cannot agree with, with you more. Um, it, 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 and it's hard because I'm a, I'm a fan too. And I'm really trying to be as subjective as possible because I preach that. I try to try to look at something on the outside as much as possible, kind of get the feel of, you know, the scope of what it is. And I, I really do feel you're right. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that would argue with me unless you haven't seen the film. Like you can you can plug that character in, and he doesn't even have to be the Joker. He could be some other dude in some other film, and we'd be still talking about him being the best villain. Of, of, you know, it doesn't have to be the Joker. He could have been anybody. Um, the Joker was just like I didn't. You know, if you look at that film, right, uh, a little bit subjectively, you see where I'm going with this. It, it, it transcends the comic book character that it is. Thing. It's gritty and it's real and it's stomach turning at some points and you know it's um it, it's unique. But Tatum, how do you feel about Heath Ledger's Joker at number two? <clears throat> so I think that Heath Ledger's Joker is just iconic. It is he is one of the he portrayed one of the best villains on screen that I have seen in my life. Like he is just was so phenomenal. It is so phenomenal and it's so endearing to watch. And it's just everything about the way that he played Joker was so creepy and just psychotic and it didn't make any sense. And I loved it. I adored it. Hate that shit up. And so I think he should definitely be, you know, on the top part of this list for sure. He is just, I mean, when you think about good villains, it's the first thing that pops in your head is Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, so, and, and you know what, honestly, he's the best part of that movie for me. Like, don't get me wrong, I did like, or the movie, I did like the Dark Knight series, but there are things that I can argue about that I'm like, I don't, mm. but he's, his parts, his parts in the movies were the best thing about him. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in total agreement. Um, it, it was, uh, I mean, it's, uh, we can talk about, we can do a whole show, I think, just about crafting a, a character. But um, for anybody who's listening who's interested in, in screenwriting or filmmaking, um, you know, study that film. Um, not because it's a good comic book film to watch, but it's not a comic book film as much as it's a crime thriller, but it's also a great tool to watch your antagonists and the protagonists tear each other apart and kind of do what they're supposed to do with each other and not really dance around it. And it, it's, it's beautiful to watch. Um, for me, that's what true talent and true filmmaking is, is supposed to do. And to this day, it still gives me goosebumps. And that film, you know, it came out in 2008 and we're still talking about the performance and it's not, and it's not because it's cliche, it's because it's true. And I, I'm in total agreement. I definitely believe it needs to be on this list and number two at least, if if not maybe at number one. But we'll we'll get there shortly. But Tatum, you have our number one pick. So what do you have for us at number one? Okay, so <clears throat> my number one pick 
is going to be uh, Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So, and I mean, I'm going to include him in, you know, all of them, but he is the most notorious, freakiest villain that I have. I mean, he's one of the best villains constructed in the horror movie genre. He is the best villain construction. I mean, then there's a reason why they're so popular and why they had so many sequels and why it's such a staple in the horror movie genre because not only is he unique, it's he's also like one of the most terrifying things I can think of. Like you can't defend yourself. He it's not like he comes and kills you or like he's in the, he's in your dreams. And you are you the only option you have is to not fall asleep because you're probably going to die. There's no getting around it. And not only that, but his backstory is so fucked up. It's, he, you know, he was boiled alive, or, like, pretty much boiled alive because he was a pedophile. Because he was, he was a, a villain in life. It wasn't just in the afterlife. In life, he was still a villain. He was still the scum of the earth, one of the worst peoples that have ever existed doing the worst things, and then he goes in death terrorizing and murdering teens in their dreams, and just, oh, I couldn't, when I first saw it when I was a little kid, first time I watched those movies, I had to sleep in my mom's bed as a 12-year-old, or not 12, or like a 10-year-old. I slept with my mom again for like two weeks because I was so terrified, and I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill me in my dream. Like, this is literally the worst nightmare. (laughs) It is a nightmare where you're going to die. And it's, uh, and he's, and also not only that, but like, I'm also a sucker for his like physical construction, the way he looks, the burnt melted skin. Can you imagine what he would smell like? Like, not only is he terrifying, like he's coming at you and shit like that, but what he would smell like. So it would just be this horribly, like this rotten burnt flesh smell while you're going to die, like while you're running away from something that's already terrifying, it's like your whole senses are going to be just filled with things that are terrifying and revolting. And uh, I think it's one of the best creations. So that's my argument for why Freddy Krueger, number one. No, um, I'm I'm going to totally uh, agree with you um, from the child in me was, completely terrified of that film right along with you um, coming after your dreams Wes Craven that's not fair like it's, you know it's like that's the one place you can feel safe I guess but now you can't because Freddie is going to get you and you're right it's a pop cultural phenomenon I think it was it's a, it's a staple in the horror genre and there's a reason why there's so many films uh, I agree um, Freddy Krueger definitely um one of the top villains, if not number one for me personally, but Isaac, I'd love to hear your take on Freddy. Uh, it should be interesting. Oh, all right. So, um, Tatum, I'm actually going to go ahead and ask you to redact uh, a part of your description um, because by no circumstance, no stretch at any point in the series was Fred Krueger a pedophile. Fred Krueger was a child killer and he was not a pedophile. There are, there is a difference and he, I don't want him to be labeled as something he actually isn't. Um, 
he wasn't, he didn't touch those kids. He had no sexual interest in children. He was only interested in killing them. He never, fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry. Yeah. It's fine. But, hell yeah! Oh yeah! Freddy Krueger is one of the most dastardly horror icons to ever walk the silver screen. I love horror icons to death. I love Michael Myers. I love Jason. I think their motivations are kind of silly, but but Freddy Krueger was something else. Freddy Krueger scared the heck out of a lot of kids. He didn't scare me very much, though. Uh, I didn't find him scary. I just found what he could do scary. The, The fact that you can venture into someone's psyche and physically hurt them through that. That was already in itself super terrifying. But it was about the time, it was the first time I was introduced to, to a horror icon that had a long running story that was kind of supernatural. And it, it made very clear that the supernatural aspect wasn't a big mystery, it wasn't a big part of who he was. You weren't yearning all the way up until I, I would say about the fourth or fifth movie, you didn't really ask yourself how he could do that or why he could do that or why he would do that. You just, just knew that he did it. And there was a lot to, it was, there was a lot to watch that didn't make you question it so much. And so learning about his, his backstory is one thing. I like his backstory, the way he was created, the way he was birthed, the way that his life went and everything. But I think what really got me was the way he became the dream murderer was because he went to hell and a car and, and, and five spirits, I believe it was somewhere between three and five. They found him and said he was the most evil soul to ever step foot. And they just wanted him to continue doing what he was doing. They admired his work ethic. His, his, they admired his devotion to pure evil acts based on his own self-interest that they granted him the power to do it forever. That's scary. And it's great. I think as far as villains go, that's a pretty great motivation. He just wants to do evil just for the sake of doing evil. There isn't all this convoluted crap behind it. He has a few personal grudges and everything, but ultimately he just wants to mess with people for the rest of their lives by brutally murdering them in their, in their sleep. And I don't know. This is like a, that's like a basic, I think it's a basic principle of evil. I think at its core, that's what evil really wants to be. That's what people see evil as. They don't say it like that. They might not see it that way. But I think they get that sense. And I think Freddy Krueger brings out that sense. And that's what makes him a really good villain, is he's able to bring out senses that other people might not have felt about psychopaths before, about villains before. Because this dude's on a whole nother level of scary. So number one pick? Ah, Freddy Krueger deserves to be here. We wouldn't be here without him. Well, we would be. If he was here, we'd be dead. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I agree with everything you guys um, have said. Um, 
and I think it's Robert England, right, who plays who played the original Freddy Krueger, I believe. Uh, he did a fantastic yep. job um, playing that role. It's iconic. I think it changed the game for horror um, a lot like um, Halloween did um, um, back in the 70s. I think it was that new you know, you have to put on the clothes. You have to, be, you know, appreciate for, you know, what it did culturally, um, not just for how it scared the living shit out of everybody. And it still kind of does. That's a story you can tell, I think, any generation of children coming up. That would that would scare the crap out of them. It doesn't have to, you know, be an 80s children or a 90s child. I think that's what kind of really makes it creepy, too. But also the fact that in, we were just explaining that he just basically manifests He's just evil incarnate, so to speak. So, you know, what gets, you know, what's, you don't get more ability than that. I mean, you're just motivated by pure evil. And that's a great, you know, it's a great villain to put in any, any kind of film, especially one that um, goes after teenagers um, in their sleep. And that, that, that's a pretty cool, um, yeah, unique way of telling a story and bringing a big bad or a villain or a monster to the big screen. So I definitely agree with that as number one. Um, any, like, real quickly, um, anybody want to make any, um, redactions, quick switches, um, make any kind of changes before I reread this list one more time before we call it night? Yeah. We're good. So you're, you're comfortable with the list? Um, Tatum, are you comfortable with everything is, as is? I'll read it one more time and then. Well, I'll read it one more time, then we'll come back to it, and then we'll see if we want to switch anything around. Okay, so number 10, I have the Black Widow from the Addams Family Values movie. Uh, and number nine is uh, Hades from Hercules. Uh, at number eight, we have the Terminator. And at number seven is the Green Goblin from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And number six is Jack Nicholson's Joker. At number five, we have Gozer from Ghostbusters. Number four is Beetlejuice. Number three is Judge Turpin. Am I saying that right? I hope I am. Um, From Sweeney Todd, the Tim Burton um, Johnny Depp musical. And at number two is Heath Ledger's Joker. And rounding it out at number one, we have Freddy Krueger. How does everybody feel about the list? I actually really like this list. Yeah, I think um, I think we did a pretty decent job with this list. Yeah, I think we all picked a lot. I think there were a lot of out of the box ideas that came about, um, and I, I'm I'm really interested. Um, and I like the I, I do like the recommendations that came out of here. I'm actually really excited to see over the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'm actually really really excited to see that. Thank you so much for recommending me that, Chris. Oh man, no problem. You should definitely yeah. It's a it's a really good film. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you get out of it. Um, you know what we were trying to get. I hope you enjoy it just as much as we do. Definitely check that out and text me, man. Let me know how you feel about that. Oh, I will. I will. I will. I will absolutely let you know. Do you do you think it's on Hulu or anything? Um, maybe. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. I can try to. You know, I'll have give to me, give me a day or two. I'll, I'll I'll try to see if I can help you. 
help you out. <laughs> All right. Um, I also wanted to, I, I did want to add uh, an honorable mention to this list. Uh, I don't want to add it to the list itself, but I think an honorable mention mm-hmm. of it uh, was in order. Um, cause I would have felt really bad leaving out this gem of a villain. Um, I wanted to put uh, the other mother from uh, from Coraline as uh, an honorable mention. She was like one of the one of the cooler and more kind of mentally and emotionally manipulating villains that I I genuinely enjoyed. I, she wasn't even scary at first, and then she gradually got scarier with the things that she'd say and the way that she acted. Um, Coraline is like one of my favorite movies of all time, so uh, I didn't want to leave her out of this any, in any way. <laughs> no, no, cool. That's, uh, that's nice that you had an honorable mention. Maybe I'll go to Tatum. Did you have an honorable mention that didn't make the list, but you feel like it, it should be should be mentioned? Um, I actually do, and uh, it was it, um, Isaac's pick. Actually, reminds me about my honorable mention because they're kind of similar villains. Um, is the mother from uh, Mother May I? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is. It's a really, really good. It's 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 a movie from the '80s, and it's about this woman who is very wealthy that adopts these children, and she is just evil, just absolutely evil. And I don't know why in the world she would have adopted these children in the first place because she just treats them like absolute garbage. There's a scene where um, the little girl, she, she's, it, I mean, she smacks these kids around and everything, but one scene that stands out to me is she has a little girl, she makes them dinner or whatever, and she does this like medium rare steak. And this, the little girl's like, I don't, I can't eat my steak like this. It's bloody and raw. And I, I, I don't, I only eat my steak. Like, I can't eat it like this. It freaks me out. And she's like, oh, you're going to eat it. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, and she's like, please, it really grosses me out. I really don't want to eat it like this. And she's like, oh, no, you don't have a choice. And she makes her sit at the table until it is time for bedtime. And then she finally lets her go to her room and go to sleep. And then in the morning, she puts it back down in front of her. In the morning, she's like, this is all I'm going to give you until you eat it. And there's, like, scenes where she's, like, smacking the girl around. And she beats them with wire hangers. Oh, she is just, she's an evil woman. And I I think she should definitely be mentioned. She's a great villain. Wow. I I can't remember the last. I'm trying to remember that film, but I'm definitely going to go back and check check that out. I think I've I think I've seen that. I think you know what you're talking about. That's a that's definitely a a great honorable mention for sure. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode, guys. It was great having you on. It was great talking with you, talking about our favorite movie villains. This was quite an entertaining and epic show, guys. Thanks for coming on. Have a good night, and I will see you guys in the next top ten. All right. Thanks for tuning in, See you later. Bye, guys.